Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I am Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. A little later in the program, we are going to talk with Charles Eisenstein, a philosopher who says that the pandemic and all of the disruption that's caused by it is an opportunity for us to come together as human beings and solve some of our bigger problems. He is a really interesting thinker on this subject, and I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation about how to turn those opportunities into actual change in our world. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It'll get started at about 30 past the hour. Also, yesterday on the show, we spoke with Dr. Alan Crone, a clinical psychologist who works in disaster mental health about how the pandemic is affecting all of us mentally. We forgot to mention the helpline that he and his colleagues at the Michigan Psychoanalytic Institution and Society and the Mel Bornstein Clinic have available to people who are struggling during the pandemic. In the Detroit Tri-County area, the helpline is at 248-907-4407. And in Ann Arbor, that helpline is reachable at 734-677-1590. Again, those numbers are 248-907-4407 and 734-677-1590. They are offering five free phone sessions for acute intervention regarding aspects of pain and trauma surrounding the pandemic. And those individuals wishing more informa- for more intervention will be helped to obtain referrals for help on an ongoing basis. Again, those numbers are 248-907-4407 in Metro Detroit and in Ann Arbor, 734-677-1590. Up first today, President Trump is threatening to withhold federal funding to Michigan over Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's decision to mail out absentee ballot applications to all registered voters ahead of the August and November Elections. If you follow the president on Twitter, you have seen some of the things that he has said about that decision. Here to talk about that decision and the president's reaction is Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Jocelyn, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yes. So last time you were on the show was right after the May 5th election, and we talked about that election being conducted 98% by mail here in uh, Metro, in in Michigan. Um, We then had a conversation about whether that would be a blueprint for August or for November. Fast forward to today, and suddenly that concept is in the national spotlight. I wonder what you make of the timing of the president's reaction to this. This is something that you've been pretty upfront about since we had to change things for the May 5th election, and you have been saying that this will probably be the way we have to hold elections in August and and November. Why is the president upset with you right now? Well, you'd have to ask him that. (laughs) Um, I mostly was focused on correcting his tweet, and uh, which, of course, his first tweet was wrong. It said we had mailed ballots to every registered voter, which we had not done. You can only do that if a voter requests a ballot. We actually just sent out the application to every uh, registered voter in the state, which really anyone can do. And as you mentioned, we did prior to our May 5th election. So it should have come as no surprise to anyone uh, that of our plans and hope to do this uh, statewide for our upcoming August and November elections. Um, uh, But, you know, even though he corrected um, that error later in the day, he was still wrong about, you know, whether or not we could 
send them, uh, and whether or not, you know, he seemed very not, not certain about the law in Michigan, which allows, of course, every registered voter to have the right to vote by mail. And um, through that, I have the authority and actually responsibility to ensure they know how to exercise that right. And we really should talk about how that looks different now, not just because of the pandemic, but because of what voters here in the state of Michigan did in 2018. We changed right. the rules really dramatically for absentee voting. Yes, I, mean, I think importantly, this is in our state constitution because voters voted overwhelmingly to put it there, giving themselves in 2018 the right to vote by mail. And then it, secondly, it's important to note that this is the first series of major elections in our state that will be held under those provisions. So we have even a greater responsibility to educate our citizens about how to use their new rights. And and then on top of that, there were two other factors. One, of course, the, the pandemic creating a great deal of uncertainty right now for so many. We wanted to provide a, a, an out of certainty in this moment that our elections will happen. They will happen on time. And when they do, you will have a right to vote by mail, period. Uh, and then finally, uh, the other you know reason behind this was, or you know, informing our decision was to recognize that a lot of groups and a lot of local clerks will also be and already have started sending these same applications out to voters in their communities or on their lists. And to me, I wanted to ensure that every registered voter in the state gets this application, has an equal chance to exercise their right to vote by mail uh, that wouldn't be predicated on where they live or what list they may be on. Hmm. So, you know, you and I have had this conversation before uh, as well about the claims that somehow mail in votes, absentee ballots are Subject to more uh, more fraud, more potential for fraud, I suppose, than other ballots. Uh, address that claim and talk about in the last election, for instance, where 98 percent of people who cast ballots did it by by mail. Uh, how how the fraud dimension of this kind of played out. Yeah, there's no evidence of fraud in our elections generally, and when we find it, we prosecute it appropriately. Um, but we put checks in place, including in our vote-by-mail process, to deter and prevent the ability for anyone to misuse or manipulate the process, uh, because in our view, we have a response. I have a responsibility to ensure the accurate outcome of our elections uh, and protect their integrity. So how we do that for vote-by-mail is really on multiple levels. First, these applications, which again, always sent to Michigan registered voters or applications, uh, they um, then must be submitted with a signature to their local clerk in order to be on a list to get a ballot when um, the election uh, comes a little bit closer. The ballots are sent out 40 days before the election. That signature on the application is then matched to the signature on the voter registration form that they completed when they registered to vote, and that is how we had confirmed their identity. Secondly, when a ballot is then returned, sent to them and then returned by mail, the voter must again sign the envelope outside the ballot, and that signature must match all the other signatures. Uh, and, and as many experts have surmised, forging someone's signature is much more difficult to do than even creating a fake ID. And, of course, it's illegal. So when we are able to, to you know, when, when that does happen, even though it's, it's rare to never, uh, we have the tools in place to catch it, to prosecute it. And then secondly, if something happens where someone leaves off a signature or if their signature changes because they've grown or something has happened, we give voters an opportunity to cure their signature, to affirm their identity, because we also don't want to falsely reject a ballot that is otherwise valid. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm talking with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson about the anger that she has inspired in President Donald Trump uh, in her decision to mail out absentee ballot applications to everyone in Michigan ahead of the August and November uh, uh, balloting that we will do here in the state of Michigan, which will, of course, have to be different because of the pandemic, but also is different because we changed the rules for our elections back in 2018, embracing the idea of no reason absentee voting. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. What do you think of Jocelyn Benson's decision to mail out absentee ballot applications to all registered voters in Michigan? What do you make of President Trump's intense criticism of that decision, as well as his threat to withhold federal funding to Michigan because of it. Uh, also, tell us if you plan to take advantage of absentee voting in August or November. Why or why not? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put comments there. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's start with Chuck in Franklin. Chuck, welcome to the program. Hello, Stephen, and uh, hi to uh, Secretary Benson. Um, I am a Republican, and uh, in 2016, I was a profoundly reluctant voter for Donald Trump. Um, now I'm just, frankly, an embarrassed past voter for Donald Trump. It's a mistake that I will not make again, and I will be one of uh, thousands of Republicans who votes for Joe Biden this mm. time. Mm. But... Chuck, I Chuck, to... I want to say that that I mean you're somebody who we talk to a lot here on the program. I'm really uh, surprised uh, uh, to to hear you say that, and and I take that very seriously. I know how deeply you believe in the things that you believe, and and the idea that you would vote for the Democratic uh, pro, uh, candidate for president really suggests something is is deeply off. Uh, inside the Republican Party, at least to me. But 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 go ahead, Chuck. I know that's not what you called. To, to no, no, no. <laughs> it's quite all right, Stephen. And I'm looking forward to you, to you getting uh, your frequent guest, Randy Richardville, uh, back on so that I can predict to him that uh, we Republicans are going to be slaughtered in this next election, mm. and particularly us Oakland County Republicans, whom mm. I do not think that Randy understands. He's a good guest. And I always appreciate when you have him on. I'm looking forward to giving him that prediction so that I can tell him in later November, I told you so. Mm -hmm. But um, back to Secretary Benson, because, Secretary Benson, I'm really proud of the way that you have handled this um, stupid controversy with the president. Um, you were absolutely right. He was absolutely wrong. And I, I always enjoy trying to put myself in the position of what what is the root of Trump's craziness. And in this case, I actually think there is one interesting thing that hasn't been covered much because uh, of the the distraction of Trump being so absolutely wrong and you being so absolutely correct. But it is the issue of the funding for your initiative to do the mailing. Now, my understanding is that you used federally released COVID-19 relief funds to do that, to do that, to, uh, to pay for the mailing, um, which was not a mailing that was approved by the Michigan legislature. So I wonder if that is something worth 
uh, discussing in all of this. Um, I don't. Yeah. I know. I know that what you did was legal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an absentee voter, like Donald Trump. I, I don't know where he <laughs> steps off. You know, claiming that uh, absentee voting is is vote fraud, um, and I enjoy it. Uh, it's a privilege that uh, I utilize. Um, but the funding for your initiative um, was not legislatively. Um, uh, enacted uh, budgeting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great yeah, question, Chuck. And I, yeah. I really appreciate it, Chuck, and I appreciate um, your, your very thoughtful comments, and that's a, a really important question to talk about because we are using federal funds provided by Congress under the CARES Act, which are explicitly designated for um, myself as the chief election officer to uh, have the executive authority to uh, disseminate and, and utilize during the COVID-19 pandemic. We received $11.2 million uh, for um, for specific changes or new things that we would need to do uh, in, uh, in light of the fact that the pandemic will alter um, and increase our needs to protect the security of our electorate and our voters uh, in our elections, our federal elections this year. So um, like my colleagues in several other states, as I mentioned yesterday, Georgia, West Virginia, Iowa, Nebraska, and several others, uh, many secretaries of state are using this funding, which, again, has to be spent this year. We return it in December if we don't for uh, encouraging uh, voters to vote by mail, or at the very least, as we did in Michigan, ensuring that they know how to and that they know that they can. It's a voter education tool, and it's one that's utilized and important for now to reduce the potential for crowding at the polls on Election Day in August and November, if indeed we are in a moment where the pandemic is such that crowding would be uh, would 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 be unhealthy, uh, and meaning that voters would have to risk their health in order to vote in person. Now, importantly, we actually reduced the cost of this mailing so that we'd still have another $7 million to allocate for PPE for election workers, additional tabulators and machines for our clerks, and we're going to continue to do everything to recruit election workers and utilize this federal funding uh, to ensure our elections are safe and secure in August and November. Uh, but it was important for us, and uh, frankly, also to be in line with what many other states are doing with these funds uh, to use this as an opportunity to reduce the potential for crowding in the polling place on election days uh, this year. So, but but just to be clear, the, Chuck's question about legislative approval mm-hmm. of that spending, was that required? Was that something that was part of the process or is that not an issue at all? I think if it was state funding that we use, certainly. And, and look, I would love to be able to work with our legislature, and we have in many ways, to actually address the real needs of our elections and operating elections right now. Um, too often, I have found in the year and a half almost that I've been in this office, that things become uh, hyper-partisan and over-politicized unnecessarily. And, you know, I've got five months until November. Uh, we've got to get stuff done, and we've got to do things in line with what's best for every voter. Um, so I'm not going to play politics. I'm not going to play games. We don't have time for that. Um, but I am going to talk to our legislature about what we need. And what our clerks are saying we need is more time to process our ballots once they're mailed in to our clerks, uh, you know, close to Election Day, so that they're ready to count on Election Day itself. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, a number of other things that we need to, that's really the, the biggest one, but another, a number of other things that we need to protect our clerks and protect our voters this year. Hmm. So I'm happy to work with the legislature. Uh, I feel passionately that we could get so much done if we put politics aside and did work together. Um, but, you know, I've also got a, a job to do and a responsibility to every voter in the state to ensure equal protection and equal access to the vote. 
uh, and to ensure that no one has to choose between their health and their vote in this pandemic. Yeah, Chuck, uh, again, thanks very much for the call and uh, sharing your thoughts not only about uh, this issue, but uh, the decisions that we are going to make later this year uh, at the at the ballot box. Let, let's go to Vera in Dearborn. Vera, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say I'm very impressed uh, with the way it's been handled, uh, this issue. Good job, and uh, thank you for doing it. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, absentee. Uh, this is going to be the first time that I've ever done it, and I was nervous about going to the polls. Um, and I wondered, I've gotten some, I've, I've heard reports in other states of, of voters ballots being rejected because of their signatures and and that other states have laws that require them to be notified mm-hmm. in case and to to give them an option to fix their signature or approve it and i i um i heard you say that we're going to have that but the report i had heard said michigan didn't require that doesn't have that law so I was wondering, yeah. that's going to be changed, or if that was mis, you know, misinformation. Yeah, yeah great question, yeah, Vera. I, I, I appreciate the call. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank Ask you, that. and I'm happy to, to clarify. Uh, yes, we, um, you know, first of all, uh, you have identified one of the things that keeps me up at night, which is how we ensure that every ballot ballot is counted, meaning you know, signatures on the ballots uh, envelope and that they're matched effectively, and all the rest. Now, um, many clerks uh, do what is called curing of signatures, and we encourage everyone to do so, which means if you um, have a match, uh, if you're matching a ballot envelope to a signature and the signature doesn't meet our statewide standard of what a match should be, that you reach out to the voter and give them an opportunity to fix that and confirm their identity so that the ballot can be counted if it's a valid ballot. Um, We're encouraging our clerks to do so. They can do that um, voluntarily, and many do. Um, But we do need the state legislature to require them to do that. Um, In in the absence of that, we are, again, encouraging them to do it um, and really emphasizing this is a best practice. And voters can also, um, on the other side, demand that, too, uh, and be vigilant about that. The other thing we are implementing to help voters be vigilant about their own ballots is a ballot tracking system so that come November you'll be able to track when your ballot's been sent to you, once it's in the mail, when it's been received, and if it's been counted, you'll have that confirmation. And if it's been rejected for any reason, you'll learn of that as well, so that you'll have that opportunity to um, reach out and correct the signature and get your ballot counted. Hmm. So this is, you know, one of these one of these details that we're, we've got to all together as an electorate, as a, as leaders, make sure is minimized this fall. Uh, and, uh, you know, one way the legislature can play a part is by requiring that signature curing. But I know so many of our clerks, if not all of them, will be doing that um, anyway uh, to ensure that we count every ballot ballot this year. Mm. Uh, Vera, again, thanks very much for your call and your question. Let's quickly go to Anthony and Lincoln Park, who has another uh, really important question. Anthony, welcome to the show. Hello. Happy Friday. I think it's Friday. And uh I wanted to say that, yeah, I think the coronavirus uh, relief aid is a perfectly appropriate way to use this for paper ballot applications. But um, if the president really cared about fraud, then I think he could, uh, you know, do something to institute hand-counted ballots. Because even if, you know, you mark it with your hand and then you put it into a Scantron, well, in my mind, that's a liability. Hmm. Uh, That's a great question about how we might use 
federal funds to make in-person voting safer as well mm-hmm. in in August and and November, Jocelyn. Yeah, two quick things on that. One, obviously, voting by mail uh, is a paper ballot. It creates a paper trail. Those ballots cannot be hacked. That's why paper ballots are so important to preserve. But secondly, we have used past federal funds for election security that were allocated last year to implement risk-limiting audits statewide in our state. What those do is provide with great statistical significance confirmation that our machines are uh, accurately counting the paper ballots once they're fed into them. So we'll be performing those risk-limiting audits as well statewide. Uh, We have 80 of our 83 counties participating in them. And uh, with that, we'll be able to ensure that our machines are not, uh, or that the results of the elections that our machines are giving us are uh, accurate based on the paper ballots that are being fed into them whether they're mailed in or, or voted at the polls. Okay. Jocelyn Benson, Michigan Secretary of State, it is always great to have you with us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Stephen. Have a great weekend and happy Memorial Day. To you as well. We'll talk with you soon. Yep. Up next, we're going to talk with philosopher, public speaker, and author Charles Eisenstein about his essay, essay titled The Coronation, which says the pandemic is showing the world that rapid change is possible if we just come together. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.